Okay. Oh my god, it's exhilarating. Every time. It's like Every a meth time. hit. Just like a meth hit. Just like a meth hit. Because <laughs> we would know. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Allegedly Astrology. Each week we'll be breaking down the astrology that happened during some of the biggest scandals and events in history. Dana, what's today's topic? Okay, today we're covering everyone's favorite sex cult, Nexium, which is uh, the medicine I was prescribed when I had acid reflux when I was 16. <laughs> and then later we'll be comparing it to another cult loved by Hollywood celebs um, and who wish to be blackmailed. And for anyone who doesn't have an HBO subscription or who just doesn't know, Nexium, spelled N-X-I-V-M, is a personal and professional development company that was also, surprise, a sex cult. Oh my God, yes. That's literally the most straightforward way to describe it. Nexium was founded by a real piece of shit named Keith Raniere, who is a self-proclaimed guru slash genius, but really just was a sex addict. From a young age, he was very controlling, manipulative, and thought he was better than literally everyone. So what's this maniac have in his chart? Okay, so Keith is a Virgo sun and a Libra moon, and we don't know his rising. Um, Uh, But it's fine, because I don't need to know the rising of someone who calls themselves a guru. Um, (laughs) The Virgo sons are like perfectionists, they're detail oriented, they're extremely aware of their surroundings, and they have a desire to be in control because like they're, you know, perfectionists and so he also has a libra moon which means he was born in a new moon so this life is about like becoming himself um and libra moons though they're extremely sensitive to the needs and opinions of other people because like all their reactions are derived from the quality of their relationships so this sounds cute and a lot of them are but it also makes him like a pro at saying what other people want to hear because just like so that he can like keep the peace um and then this combo is pretty much just like Someone who starts a cult, like maybe to avoid conflict or like, you know, get in good graces, I guess, have all the sexes they're addicted to. (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I can see the Virgo sun, very big perfectionist with control issues vibe and then the Libra moon, which makes him, you know, very sensitive to, you know, the feelings and needs of others. Yeah. And that Virgo sun really comes into play because he is and has always been super controlling, even down to his personal branding. For most of his life, he was crafting this story about himself. He would run around and tell everyone he had the highest IQ ever and that kind, which also like what a nerd thing to say. Like, I have the highest IQ, like get over yourself. But that's kind of the reasoning people followed him. Like you should listen to him because he's a genius. He knows more than you. But was he actually like a genius? Like, did anyone test him? Like, did he take an IQ test? Yeah, so his father, when he was growing up, told him he was bright, and he took that, like, super seriously. (laughs) But eventually, he took an IQ test, but it was open book. Um, And he got a really high score, probably because it was open book. And then he submitted it to the Guinness Book of World Records. Um, And that just became, like, like, you know, like a fact. Like, oh, he had this super high IQ score on this test. Um, And then eventually he was featured in a Forbes article and he started to be seen as this guru to rich and famous people that just really wanted to become better versions of themselves. Excuse me (laughs) while my, while my eyeballs roll from the back of my head, but, um, (laughs) but yeah, some of the people that followed Keith or Vanguard as he was called literally 
gross. Just so cringe. Uh, were actors such as Allison Mack, uh, some actors from Smallville, uh, some very rich people, including the heiresses to the Seagram's fortune, Claire and Sarah Bronfman, and generally a lot of people who had money to burn to better themselves. Big followers of Keith. Yes, and these rich and famous followers joined the group, which was a multi-level marketing company that taught courses to help you evolve yourself. They thought, you know, if you get rid of your limiting beliefs, you'd ultimately become a better person. So you would take these classes that were expensive as all hell with the end goal of improving yourself and getting this life that you would deserve because you're learning from this super smart guy. Right, and... Let's not forget what a multi-level marketing company is. It's a motherfucking pyramid scheme. <laughs> I almost said Ponzi scheme, but it's a pyramid scheme. And it's a company where you get money from recruiting other people. So the more people you get to join, the more money you'll rake in because the person who you know brought you in, they make money from you, and then you make money off of all the people that you bring in. So it's just you know pyramid top down. And in Nexium's case, recruiters would get a percentage of the money the recruits paid for all these courses that Nexium provided. And but besides the whole pyramid scheme thing, theoretically Nexium seemed legit because, you know, as far as self-help shit goes, like it was pretty standard. But I guess I, you know, let's learn about what's going on in its chart to see where things really took a turn. So like any good cult, we don't know the day it was founded, but we know the year. <laughs> Um, and it was 1998 and Keith was 37, which makes a uh, second house here for him. Whenever you're using perfections, you just need to know like the person's age to know what house they're perfecting from, even if you don't know the rising, which is a cool tip. Um, and so uh, we know that he's like reworking on his finances at this time. The second house is salary, values, livelihood and possessions. Uh, and in March 1998, there was a lunar eclipse in Virgo in tight conjunction to Keith's Venus. And so in astrology, Venus is women, love, values, art and receiving. It's also money. And this is interesting to me um, all the time I think about it, because like in many ways, for the majority of human history, women have been regarded as a sort of currency. Like, for instance, men want to date hot women uh, because it makes them powerful in other men's eyes. And so my point is that like men start cults because they're power hungry incels. Um, <laughs> it's also worth noting that in 1997 and 1998, the eclipses in Pisces, Virgo and Leo made like close, if not exact context to his Mercury, Pluto and like North and South nodes. And so this is hectic, even for a craven sociopath, I like almost feel bad for him. It's like, it's just supercharging his chart in a way that could ostensibly make him like extremely controlling and like lose his mind. Oh God, one, I love the adjective craven. But besides that, this whole second house perfected year is crazy to me because this is like a bit of background, but Nexium was a new venture for Keith. He actually had another company before, um, but it failed. So this was his chance to start a new company. He was actually working with this woman, Nancy, and he was kind of using her to like sucker dry and like funnel all this money into Nexium. So once again, that really ladders up to that second house year, which is going to be about finances and values. And then also just the fact that there were all those eclipses hitting his chart, that's really going to activate his fate and put this like fucking nerd on the map. Yeah. And you know what? America loves a self-help moment thanks to a little thing called the American dream. And, you know, America, land of opportunity, possibilities are limitless, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, if you're not beautiful or successful as rich as you want to be, you know, there's just something wrong with you and your limiting beliefs, right? So, I mean, 
obviously wrong, but this was especially big in the 2010s when Nexium was really taking off. So I feel like we have to kind of look into America's chart at that time to see like why people were sort of like really obsessed with this concept. Okay, so just like you should uh, try and like get informed about how your enemy thinks, you should also be suspicious of any industry that relies on you staying unwell. (laughs) True. So in 2010 and 2011, uh, Neptune was conjunct the USA moon in Aquarius. And so we began the decade with Neptune conjunct the, the moon. And the moon is like, it's women, it's the people, it's kind of like the emotional uh, temperature of the nation and Neptune is like the reason people go to Joshua Tree it's also the reason that some people never come back and so it's like blackouts deception and transcendence Uh, whatever Neptune touches it like is necessarily obscured so Neptune isn't necessarily dangerous but it represents escapism which like can be dangerous and so this can manifest as like a Madonna whore complex if it were in a natal chart or and it can also like make that like a more pervasive sort of underlying ideology or like belief and I think that's really what like this like cult and most cults represent. And so Neptune just enables us to def- like deify people and then de- demonize them out of like sheer inability to see the whole picture or like just really not wanting to. Yeah. So if Neptune connected with the moon in Aquarius at that time, it's going to make people be open to new ideas, but Neptune is also going to obscure the truth. So those new ideas could actually be you falling into something really deceptive. Yeah. And I'm also... Looking at this now, very intrigued by the Madonna whore complex because a lot of Nexium was like low key Keith just like hating women. Like a lot of their tenants were like women are too like self, not self righteous, but they're like too self absorbed. So you need to like be a better person by like not being the like asshole woman you are. Like a lot of it really like hinged on just like him obviously like not liking women. Yeah. Sounds like something people would say if they were like hitting on women by like telling them that they were in the Guinness Book of World Records. Honestly, that's some like disaster artist shit. Like remember that guy who would neg people? He wore like a weird furry hat. I think his name was like Majestic. It was on like VH1. Imagine taking dating advice from that guy. Back to Nexium. Underneath Nexium is a bunch of smaller splinter groups that helped you concentrate more on certain areas of your life. So, you know, there was a group for actors, a group for women, a group for men and like shit like that. But all these splinter groups and like small hush hush things are when Allison Mack gets involved into this whole situation. Yes. And Allison Mack was an actress on Smallville, which was a show about Superman. But after the show ended, she got super involved in Nexium and eventually became one of Keith's go-to people. So let's hear a little bit about good old Allison Mack and her big three. Once again, we do not have her birth time, which is fine because we get enough information from the chart. So she's a Leo sun and a Scorpio moon, which is... <laughs> scary leo sons are (laughs) artists by nature they need to be like witnessed and appreciated or at least validated like they need their existence and their creation their performance to be validated by their uh viewers which is everyone um and so scorpio moons that like alternatively uh need to control what happens to them which is of course like uh, impossible and so they're super guarded with their emotions because they can like just feel the depth of like human despair even in situations where maybe it's inappropriate um And perhaps like this could just cause her to seek out sort of like really extreme emotional, like intense situations or at the very least validation. Well, I guess so her son is going to make her very attention seeking 
and has a need for constant validation. And then her Scorpio moon is like this very intense, emotional, controlling part of her. So that sounds like such a fun combo. I know. In addition to now knowing her sun and moon, another thing to know about Allison Mack is that in addition to being super high up in the group, she was also one of Keith's girlfriends. And yes, plural, (laughs) there is an S. He was the nerd Hugh Hefner. And because he was such a controlling freak, he asked all of his girlfriends to hand over blackmail as collateral so they wouldn't leave him. Which, like, are you kidding me? But this collateral included things like the deed to your home, your (laughs) bank account information, (laughs) like, you know, naked photos of yourself, written statements about your family saying they were abusive, like a lot of crazy shit. And obviously, if you're like us, you're probably very confused why anyone would willingly hand all of this incriminating info over. And this is when we get into DOS, which is what this whole scandal really revolves around. Yes. And DOS stands for Dominus Obsequious Sororium, which, you know, sorry, I didn't take Latin in high school because I'm not a nerd, but it translates <laughs> to master over the slave woman. So DOS was a super hush-hush women's only group whose shtick was empowerment through submission. And to give you an idea of some of the bullshit they were spitting about this, Allison Mack was once quoted saying, Within the shackles of commitment, I find the greatest freedom of all. That sounds like something another, like, Venus-ruled man Hitler said at one point. (laughs) Alison Mack's Scorpio Moon was probably jerking because Ross was this very secret group, and Scorpio Moons love just, like, shadowy secret shit and how DOS worked was that women would recruit other women as their slaves so that really brings in her controlling nature of that moon again so you know willingly being a slave is insane obviously but the group positioned it as like oh I'm not your actual master like I'm a symbol of your devotion to something outside yourself because once again he saw women as like these very like self-absorbed self-centered people so they need this goal outside of themselves. So the general thought behind this was that women are these super indulgent creatures that need to be taught to be selfish, which like to me, fuck off with all that. But these women really ate that shit up. And that's why they gave up that collateral to be in the group to build this sense of trust. And they even got themselves branded. Ew. Fun. So fun. And as you could probably expect from the whole slave blackmail situation, a lot of these women were eventually forced to do things that they didn't want to do, such as have sex with Keith. And most of the times it was allegedly Alice and Mac pressuring the women to do it. And that was basically Keith's whole goal for this group was sort of to give him the power to have sex with as many women as possible. Even though he's denied that, this is sort of how it's all shaking out. But with all that blackmail, it was really hard for people to leave DOS. Not to mention the group was being bankrolled by these like super wealthy people. So they would sue you if you tried to leave or if you said anything bad about the group, like they would literally like destroy your lives. But none of that mattered to DOS member Sarah Edmondson when she realized that the brand on her that she was told represented something cute like the elements were actually, (laughs) yeah, like also like grow up. How old are you? What she thought were the elements were actually four letters K-R and A-M, which stood for 
motherfucking Keith Raniere and Allison Mack. So at the end of the day, they were the top leaders in DOS, even though no one admits this, but they're the high up people. And Sarah realizes this and she just like fucking freaks out and loses it. Right. And a little background on Sarah. Sarah Edmondson is a Canadian actress that appeared in a lot of Hallmark Channel and Lifetime Network movies, but she became a very, very successful recruiter for Nexium um, and even started a whole branch on her own in Canada. And we've looked at the charts of cults before, but we don't often talk about the people that fall into them. So I'm curious if there's anything in common between Allison Mack and Sarah Edmondson that might make them a little bit more susceptible to join and recruit on behalf of a cult. Um, yes, there is. So Allison Mack has Mars and Libra and Sarah Edmondson has Mars and Taurus. Taurus and Libra are both ruled by Venus. So both their Mars are ruled by Venus. Um, and so this is like a conflict of internal wills in a way because Mars wants to go get what it wants and Venus wants like things to come to it. So it's like a reverse of Tanya Harding's Mars ruled Venus, which you can hear in another episode that we already did. And so just Venus ruled Mars, is like it can be hypersexualized or attention seeking. And at the very least, like it knows how to use like feminine wiles like to bring things to it whether it's like they're a woman or a man or otherwise so both of these women had mars and venus ruled signs which make them attention seeking and this behavior is going to make you want to better yourself or do anything that makes other people take notice of you or you can recruit people for a cult whether or not you're aware of it (laughs) yes did sarah know i'm not sure but sarah tells her husband who's also in nexium that she accidentally got this man's name branded near her badge and they're both like wow oh my god let's not do this anymore we have to leave so they leave the group which is a huge deal because they were super high up they'd been in nexium for over a decade and sarah eventually ended up telling her story to the new york times and this is kind of like what broke the floodgates and spilled all of nexium's dirty secrets so what was going on the day that the new york times article broke so on the day the news broke which was like october 17th 2017 the sun was in libra and the moon was in virgo and this is a reverse of keith aka vanguard aka the guinness book of world record (laughs) for the highest iq ever uh, his son, the reverse of his sun and moon combo. And so Mercury was also conjunct Jupiter and Scorpio, uh, which is like, holy hell. Like, it's just like an abundance of seedy information. Mercury finds the truth. Jupiter reveals the truth. Scorpio represents both like the seedy underbelly of society and also the detectives who uncover it. Um, and so like the sun and Libra opposite Uranus and Aries, like this is the sun illuminating and like Uranus is shocking. So it's like, just like a shocking revelation. Also, revelations are certain but unpredictable under this transit. So we have Mercury and Jupiter, two planets that deal with the truth in Scorpio, which generally has a lot of lurking beneath the surface type stuff, revealing secrets. And with the sun opposite Uranus, it's going to further reveal shocking and unexpected information, like a self-help company that was actually a sex cult is, you know, We learned a lot of crazy things in 2017, though, because Trump was president then. So it's like, yeah. And after that article broke, the FBI opened an investigation into the group and Keith just like pieces out of America. And eventually he gets arrested in Mexico. Nothing says I'm innocent, like running to Mexico. (laughs) Um, So he was arrested on March 26, 2018. And on this day, Mars was conjunct Saturn and Capricorn. And so this is like a big aspect for the law catching up with you. Um, It's the meeting of two malefics, which like in the sign of structure and establishment. And so like in this case, justice was being served for good. And the conjunction was squaring the Aries sun, which presents a challenge to the individual and their spirit. 
And with the sun and Uranus both in Aries and justice being served to someone who like sacrificed so many people for their own self-satisfaction and their own self-serving desires. So justice is coming for Keith with all those transits, huh? Yep. Sucks. Sucks to suck. So after he's arrested, he's charged with sex trafficking, conspiracy, racketeering, and conspiracy to commit forced labor. And uh, as of pretty recently, Keith was found guilty on all of those counts and was sentenced to 120 years in prison. So let's get into what was happening on that fine, fine day. Um. So... In September of 2020, Keith entered a first house year and first house years begin new cycles and also like relate to our bodies, which if you're going to jail, your body is moving. Um, And so on the day of sentencing, Neptune was opposite Keith's son. Oppositions are aspects of relationship and they relate to situations we deal with in relation to others, either as a result of our actions or things we have to like compromise within ourselves. This couldn't be compromised because Keith is a monster and also a loser. And so Neptune is banishment. (laughs) Which obviously just makes sense. Also on this day, Uranus was in Taurus um, opposite the sun. So that's another Uranus-sun opposition. But Uranus in Taurus is ruled by Venus, which uh, Uranus in Taurus takes care of itself. And so this is kind of like a liberation of the feminine spirit in a way because Uranus liberates and Venus is, you know, women. So, yeah, I feel like the Taurus really stands out to me here because we've seen a lot of Venus, which rules Libra and Taurus in previous cult leaders, Marshall Applewhite of Heaven's Gate and Jim Jones, leader of the People's Temple and infamous for the Jonestown massacre. And both of them had really heavy Venus influences. Yeah. um, In like the cults I've studied, men in charge of them seem to have like, they're pretty in touch with their own femininity based on the Venus, um, heavy Venus influences, which like in order to know how to corral vulnerable women and finesse their psyches into making them feeble-minded and dependent on the leadership, like it kind of makes sense. So if you're dating someone who's a man with heavy Venus influences in their chart, should you run? No, I actually think it's like very endearing because then like I I like Venus men, but I also I mean, if they're trying to get you to join a call, they're like asking for your bank info. Maybe you stop. <laughs> so for sure. Back to Keith. He wasn't the only one to take the fall. Many high ranking members of the group have also been charged, one of which is Allison Mack, who is currently under house arrest. However, despite the charges, many Keith loyalists are doubling down their support and say they chose to get branded. And that Doss isn't a sex cult, which, like, get a grip. He's actually in jail in the same place that Jeffrey Epstein was murdered in. And there's, like, weird people, like, in New York, like, dancing outside of his um, prison. And, like, they say that they're supposed to be, like, dancing for someone named, like, Kay Rose or something like that. But with the same initials as Keith. So it's really, really creepy. But he still has a lot of loyal followers out there. And speaking of loyalists, we also wanted to talk about another fave self-help go-to for some of Hollywood's elite, the Church of Scientology, which like, obviously, Scientology is a controversial religion considered to be a cult in some countries. And the organization has a ton of money thanks to their tax-exempt status, and they're known to be ruthless towards anyone that chooses to go against them. So Scientology was founded by science fiction writer L. Ron Hubbard, His life is heavily debated. Scientologists basically deify him and claim he was this amazing, super smart man that accomplished many great things, while other people claim he was just a scam artist that wanted to make money off a tax-exempt religion. So what was his big three? L. Ron Hubbard um, was born in 1911 in March. He had a Pisces sun, a Virgo moon, and a Sagittarius rising. So Pisces suns are dreamers, like delusion is both their superpower and their Achilles heel. Virgo moons are uh, emotional perfectionists, like 
And so that's very self-help. Obviously, it just presents issues, though, um, since emotions can't be good or bad or judged based on value. They just have to be felt. And so Virgo, on the other hand, is like, again, critical and evaluative. And Keith's south note is actually conjunct uh, Elrond's Mercury in Pisces, which is wild. So Elrond Hubbard had a Pisces son, which makes him a dreamer and have this sort of like romantic view of the greatness of humanity, a Virgo moon, which is very critical and looks at the emotions from like a very logical and fact-based perspective. And the ideology Elrond Hubbard created centers around this idea that traumatic experiences cloud your mind and prevent you from experiencing reality, which is literally the most like condensed way to explain Scientology ever. Um, so what you have to do to overcome these experiences is achieve enlightenment and total freedom, which they call going clear. And this to me is super insanely reflective of his sun and moon. There's that Pisces side where he believes in society and that people can like become the best versions of themselves. But at the same time, the way he goes about doing it is through this very like thorough, systematic, I don't want to say science, but it feels very science-based approach, which is very Virgo moon to me, like facts, not feelings. And the way that he said you went clear was, just handing over all of your money for courses and auditing. Yes. And auditing is when you sit with another person and confess times in your life that might be embarrassing or you have a negative emotion towards. And the goal of this is discovering hidden traumas and sort of like reliving them to eventually rid you of these negative experiences. And Nexium also has um, a similar form of this called, I think it's like ESP or EP or something like that. Um, but like also, this is just like the basis of like, psychology so you should just like get a therapist but instead um you know Scientology claims this confessional is private but they really actually um document these conversations and use these embarrassing details against you if you do try to leave the group and some people think that's why John Travolta and Tom Cruise are still in it I don't know yeah, yeah. Elizabeth are... Moss is still in it I wonder what they've got on her isn't that woman Laura Prepon remember her the red-haired girl from yes. that 70s oh yeah yeah. I feel like anyone who was born into it is like, yikes, like Beck. Yikes. Oh um, my God. But I mean, for quite some time now, the organization has had many articles, series, and documentaries made about them, featuring a ton of claims that, you know, they really will just use anything they can to destroy critics. Um, and also that they've participated in like real like shrieky things like severe mistreatment and brainwashing of their active members to prevent them from leaving. So yikes. Right. I mean, there's a lot of similarities between Scientology and Nexium, and they both focus on self-development. They're very expensive. They attract a lot of actors and celebrities. They involve, you know, a lot of casual blackmail. Um, you know, while they market themselves a little differently, I'm just wondering, do they have any similar placements in their chart? Um, yeah. So, uh, Scientology was founded in 1953 in Camden, New Jersey. Again, we don't have an exact date. Uh, and 1953 and 1998 both had eclipses on the Leo Aquarius axis. And so themes of this are like individual liberty versus collective consciousness, crises of self and public mayhem. The 2017 eclipse where uh, Trump like looked directly at the sun. <laughs> like I remember looking at that and being like, isn't this kind of a pure moment? Like just <laughs> But in retrospect, we should have just been like, oh, my God, this man thinks he could stare into the sun. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
The leader of the free world, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Holding his 3D glasses like, ooh. <laughs> oh getting tan. Um, and so also, though, the Declaration, of, the Declaration of Independence was signed, and some say strategically, others say that's bullshit, um, near an eclipse on this axis. And so America's nodes are on Leo and uh, are in Leo and Aquarius. And so like because of this, maybe, or maybe because Leo's in Aquarius, is there some of the most extra signs of the Zodiac, these eclipses tend to like revive the American spirit for like liberty and like free markets and then also like the belief in something. And so because America is a Sagittarius rising or because we're ungovernable, it's not surprising that these like <laughs> people like feel more inspired to start like a religious like business pyramid scheme on these, you know, eclipses. Right. Not surprising at all. So both Nexium and Scientology were founded during years where there was an eclipse, which is just a ton of like crazy chaotic energy in science that rule the collective and the self. And to me, this really blows my mind, but also makes a ton of sense because, you know, Leo and Aquarius access, that's very like I versus we. So both of these, you know, self-help groups slash cult slash maybe one is a religion, not sure, but they both empower people to be better versions of themselves and really focus on the self, which is very Leo. And they do that to ultimately help the collective, which is very Aquarius. But in the end, they just end up benefiting like the two fucking weirdos that made each group. Like, have you ever seen L. Ron Hubbard's teeth? It is horrifying. <laughs> Look it up. It's, yeah, it's really crazy. But yeah, I mean, I guess it's sort of like, you know, while one categorizes themselves as a religion and the other sort of like a self-help group um, disguised as a uh, sex cult or a sex cult disguised as a self-help group, I should say, um, you know, like what boils it down from making these two things like are, I just, I can't really articulate that. It's just like, they, it's boiled down to these two really creepy leaders mm-hmm. that just like make all of this, like, you know, not right at all. Well, if you think about it, the sun is you know the self saturn's like the farthest out traditional planet and the way that people get into those two parts of ourselves is through their like venus and mars and also too it's like it's very like drug like like both of you know nexium and scientology a lot of people go to it and like auditing and like you know getting out the traumas because you feel better so it's like you become addicted to like feeling better and you your segue is almost like these two fucking weird people. Like, yeah, you like Keith Raniere because he like makes you feel good, which is like creepy. He probably made a lot of people feel good because he was a fucking molester. But you know what I mean? It's like very real healing tend to feel more neutral. Spend your money going to therapy, not like thousands and thousands of dollars on weird self-help shit. Get a life coach, get a therapist, listen to this (laughs) podcast. Like we're here for you guys. Invest all your money in crystals. And speaking of crystals and obsessed fans, next week we're diving into the saga of Selena. Please leave us a five-star review and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And this is new, but if you have a screenshot, or if you can, screenshot your review, send it to us, and we'll make you a meme of your big three and send you a quick little, like, paragraph about it. And follow us at Allegedly Astrology on Instagram and Reddit and at Allegedly Astro on Twitter. I'm Elise. I'm Dana. I'm Sarah. And this is Allegedly Astrology. Bye! 
Look, give us all your money and your crystals. Dude, do, do, so do. Funny. <laughs> Spend all your do, money. Do, do. <laughs>